if you are looking at your day to day and you're thinking to yourself, I don't even know how I'm going to make it to the next clinical hour, let alone make it to tomorrow or the weekend, this is a good sign for you to take the time to figure out how can we prevent this from happening in the future? Let's talk about how to burnout proof your practice. Welcome to Beyond the Session with Aisha Shabazz. Let's start off with talking about what is burnout exactly. Burnout is not currently characterized as a mental disorder or medical condition in the DSM-5. However, the World Health Organization recognizes burnout as an important occupational phenomenon under the category of factors influencing health status or contact with health services in the ICD-11. Essentially, that is the big old book that describes different diseases. So this is the exact definition according to the World Health Organization. Burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions. One, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Two, increased mental distance from one's job. And three, feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job and reduced professional efficiency. Now, certainly you could have one or the other or a combination of any variety, but when we're looking at burnout within the context of our industry, we can see it in a couple of ways. We could be burnt out by clients. Maybe the clients that you are seeing are not well aligned with your clinical skills. Maybe you were burnt out by your colleagues because your colleagues may not be pulling their weight, so to speak. And you may feel like you have to pick up the slack. A lot of people talk about their people-pleasing tendencies, causing them to raise their hand to take on more tasks. This could also be a manifestation of perfectionism where you feel the need to be a good therapist and a good therapist doesn't complain. A good therapist helps everybody. As you can see, there is a tendency to feel exhausted by virtue of taking on these attributes that are oftentimes misaligned with where we actually want to be in our lives. And overall, you can feel burnt out by your career as a whole. Maybe there's some reluctance in why you chose the field that you did. You could be second guessing yourself with the workplace that you decided, or maybe the specialty that you selected. The great thing about being in private practice is you have the opportunity to change any of these elements at any point in time, you can decide, I want to switch up the type of clients that I help in my private practice. You can decide that you want to take your clinical skills in a different direction. And in turn, that could influence the way that you show up in therapy, how clients show up in therapy or serving different clients altogether. You could decide that in private practice, you want to work solo because you play well in the sandbox with other people. When you are not being micromanaged, you might feel more ease if you know that you don't have to collaborate with people on a day-to-day basis because sometimes collaboration does cause conflict. Again, there's no need to judge yourself if you're noticing burnout, whether it's in your present state or in the past. 
just know that you have an opportunity to prevent burnout, regardless of how you're feeling right now. Now, certainly you do need resources in order to prevent burnout. And we've talked about that in previous episodes where you might decide to use technology to help protect your time or protect your ability to say yes or no to certain things within your practice. So know that if you are struggling to figure out, well, what is it that I can do specifically to prevent burnout? Just know that there are resources available to you in the previous episodes. So here's another fun fact about burnout. The average employee turnover rate in the behavioral health field is estimated to be around 40%. Essentially what we're talking about here is that we can anticipate that 40% of the current employees will no longer be there. However, it's not uncommon to hear of rates as high as 70%. So out of 100 people, 70 of those people will leave an organization or leave the field altogether. And those stats are actually from 2019. So can you imagine what the stats are going to look like once we really iron out the huge impact that the pandemic has had on not only the behavioral health industry, but also industries from different domains within the occupational sector. Now that we've covered what burnout is, let's talk about how to burnout proof your practice. When I talk about burnout proofing your business, what I really mean is we're reducing the likelihood that you will feel drained, overwhelmed, or feeling resentful of being in business altogether. There's no doubt that there will be days that are more difficult than others because perfection is not the goal here. We're not trying to make sure that every day is beautiful and sparkly. Wouldn't that be nice? But that's very unrealistic. What we're going for is to reduce the likelihood that while you're running your business, that you're not experiencing unnecessary amounts of anguish. We don't want you to wake up in the morning and say, what have I done? Why am I doing this? And if you're waking up feeling that way day after day, this is a great opportunity to figure out how to burnout proof your practice. So we're going to go through a list of five things that you can do to burnout proof your practice. The first thing, and this won't come as a surprise to you, is really exploring what your values are. I know that I've talked about values pretty much in almost every episode. If you're tired of hearing me talk about values, too bad, because this is not going anywhere. Your values need to be at the foundation of your business or else you will lose your way over time. I'm going to give you an example of two ways that you can conceptualize values. Now, I have a total of five, but I'm going to break down two of them for you now. One way is to think about what are your motivations? So if we think about your values as your motivations, you can think about that a little bit deeper and think to yourself, when you are feeling blah, meh, just overall malaise, what stops you from giving up? Ask yourself that question. When you are feeling down and out, what stops you from giving up? When I ask this question to my coaching clients that are parents, the first thing that comes to mind is their children. Their children are the reasons why they do not give up and they keep on going. So if that applies to you, 
write down your children. Children are what motivate you to keep going day after day. When I ask this question to people who are fresh out of graduate school, what is your motivation? What keeps you from giving up? Oftentimes they tell me, well, because I just invested six figures into my graduate degree. I can't give up. I'm just getting started. So they think about all of the time, energy, and effort that they put into their education. I think this is a great motivator. And the further away that we get from graduation, we might think to ourselves, well, you know, that's over and done with. But I really do believe that thinking about how much you've invested in your education is a great way to hold yourself accountable to not give up. There is an opportunity for you to receive a return on investment for that education. You can do that through private practice. You can earn a livable wage so that all of that time, energy, and effort and money that you spent is recuperated over time. The next component of exploring your values that you can consider are your philosophies. So what are the guiding principles that are keeping you on your path? I'll give you an example from my therapy practice. So as you know, my solo therapy practice specializes in treating anxiety disorders. And when I have therapy consultations and clients that I'm currently seeing on my caseload, they will consistently tell me that they feel like they're being held hostage by their fears and their worries and the amount of discomfort that anxiety brings into their life. And essentially, anxiety is preventing them from living a full life. And that's why they're coming to therapy with me because they want to find that anxiety relief that allows them to live their life more fully and really embrace what that looks like for them. Now, that looks different for everybody. And when I am talking to my therapy clients, I remind them that your life is happening right now and you deserve to live it today. So if you feel like your life is being held back, that you feel that your life is not going in the direction that you want to, guess what? You have an opportunity today to change an aspect of that. It doesn't need to be a life overhaul where we need to change everything all at once. We want to look at their life as the moment is happening right now. What can we do right now? Because you do deserve to live your life today. You don't have to wait until tomorrow or a year from now to find that anxiety relief. That philosophy, that guiding principle reminds not only my therapy clients, but also me to stay in the present moment because truly that is all that we have. The second thing to explore when you are burnout proofing your business is looking at what your needs are. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, Aisha, I, I need to make money. So that's what my need is. <laughs> Yes, we live in a capitalistic society. Yes, we need money. I would encourage you to consider that money is a tool that gives us access to certain things. So yes, you do need money. But let's go a little bit deeper than that. For example, if you have a chronic medical condition, you may need to attend doctor's appointments on a particular frequency. So you need to make time for those doctor's appointments. When you are burnout proofing your practice, is your schedule packed 
back to back so that when you have a medical appointment that needs to be scheduled, you just pass that over month after month, year after year to the point where you're not taking care of yourself? If the answer is, yeah, I kind of do that, then let's make sure that you are putting in place the time that you need to take care of yourself and go to those doctor's appointments. Because guess what? If your condition gets worse, then you're not going to be able to run your business. You're not going to be able to show up for your clients. Another example that I can give you is if you are a parent and you know that your availability changes depending on the availability of childcare, you need to have a flexible schedule. Take command over the opportunity that you have to say when you are available and when you are not. If you are someone who has to pick up your child from school and pick them up from aftercare, or if you have family or neighbors or a sitter that is able to provide them transportation, but you still have to orchestrate and curate those schedules, give yourself enough room to figure that out. Now, do you have to tell your clients that that is what you're doing? No, you certainly don't have to self-disclose that. I just want you to know that you have control over your schedule because when you run a private practice, you are the boss. You get to say what goes and what doesn't go. And you can say to your clients, okay, we will reevaluate what your schedule is on a monthly basis, on a six-month basis, on a seasonal basis. Let them know, give them a heads up. And you don't have to tell them why. Now, if you do want to tell them why, but you don't necessarily want to get into the nitty gritty details of your personal life, you don't have to do that either. These are some of the conversations that we have in coaching sessions where we figure out what specifically do you need to say in order to feel comfortable enough that you're meeting your needs without over communicating and feeling like you have to over explain yourself to your clients. The third thing that I want you to explore when you are burnout proofing your practice is get 110% real with yourself and look at what your habits are. Now, sometimes when we think of habits, we automatically think bad habits, but habits don't have to be good or bad. They can just exist. In therapy, we call this maladaptive behavior when we notice that there are things that we do that aren't necessarily serving us well. Again, I want you to think about this in a holistic, well-rounded approach. So think about the habits that are serving you well and think about the habits that are not serving you well. I'm going to focus on the habits that are not serving you well because I have an idea that some of us are falling into these habit patterns. I don't know anybody really that doesn't enjoy a nice, comfy seat on their couch watching a marathon of their favorite television show on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus, Peacock, HBO Max, Apple TV, you name it, you're watching it. I don't know anybody that doesn't enjoy doing that after a long day, after a long week. Sometimes even on vacation, that's all you really want to do is just veg out on the couch. There's nothing wrong with that. And yet, if you notice that you're doing that instead of taking care of the essentials in your business day after day, week after week, month after month, 
then we are looking at an opportunity to unlearn that habit in certain circumstances and replace it with a new habit. There's a book that I really enjoy. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear, an amazing book. And I really love this book because it builds in practical applications for how to break habits without guilt tripping yourself and and really bullying yourself into thinking that you're a terrible person because you have adapted your life around habits that are not serving you well. The book also talks about how to build habits that serve you well. It's a great book. I read it when it originally came out and he's been making his way around the internet because it is a really, really good book. And the fourth thing that I want you to explore is what do you want? What do you want? Now, wants are different than needs. Wants are the desires of the heart. If someone said, you can have three wishes, what would you wish for? Like, these are the wants. Imagine that all of your needs are met. You don't have anything that is unmet right now, but there's a want. These are the things that I'm talking about here. An example that I can give you is an office space. Now, most of us at the very beginning of the global pandemic went from seeing people in person to primarily seeing people virtually. Now, I know that there are a few people that never stopped seeing people in person because one, they didn't have the option not to. And for those people that did have the option, they chose to continue to see people in person. So I'm talking about the people that They stopped seeing people in person and went to virtual. Now, when you went virtual, you were probably thinking to yourself, well, I really wanted an in-person setup. I wanted to have that lush therapy office. I wanted to have that comfy couch. I wanted to be able to hold space for my clients in person, hand them the box of tissues as the tears were running down their face, be able to light candles at the end of the day and close out my day with some peace and serenity. But instead, you had to reconfigure your home and figure out how you were going to be able to work from home in a way that did not take away from the therapeutic experience of being with you in session. Now, we're fast forwarding to the present day. Now, you are still seeing people virtually, but you are ready to explore having an in-person space. Do you need it? Maybe you don't need it. Your clients aren't asking to be seen in person. You're cool with seeing people from your home office. There's no need to move to that in-person space, but maybe you want it. Maybe you want to separate your personal space, your home from your professional space, and that's okay. So when you're thinking about what you want out of that office space, get creative. Think about what it is that you really, really want. Make that wish list. Is it bright, beautiful bay windows so that you can hang your plants? Is it hardwood floors so that you can roll out a carpet? What do you want in that space? Think about it. Do you want exposed brick, right? Here in Philadelphia, they have so many beautiful spaces that are very eclectic but also it's very classic and historic. So think about what you want out of that space. Now, what you want, are you always going to get it? No, not necessarily, but I don't want you to restrict this brainstorming session that you're having with your want. Just write everything down as to what you want. Resist the urge to judge yourself 
for what you need and what you want in order to burnout proof your practice, because this is for you. Now, will your clients benefit from you burnout proofing your practice? Absolutely. Because if you as the therapist are not burnt out by your services, guess what? You're going to be able to show up for them fully. You're going to have your mind, body, and soul calibrated so that you can show up fully for your clients to the point where you might not even feel exhausted after session. You might still have energy left over to not only take care of yourself even more after you're done and return home, but also have enough energy to spend quality time with your friends and family. When I talk about thriving, that's what thriving looks like for me. When I'm able to wake up in the morning, have the time that I need to take care of myself, eat my breakfast, pick out my clothes, get settled in, check my email, say, have a great day to my husband and then start my day. And then once my day is over, have that smile on my face, regardless of what's happening in my clients' lives, being able to say, this was a great day and still have the energy and the focus to be able to spend quality time with my friends and family. There are so many years that I spent breaking my back to help everyone and anyone. And by the time my day was over, I had no energy left over for myself. And I certainly didn't have enough energy left over for the people that cared about me and loved me when I was done with my work. So when I talk about thriving, I think about what it was like for me in the past and how I do not want to go back to that. You can use this as an opportunity to reflect on what the past was like for you. And if there are moments in the past that were great, tap into that and recreate that. If there were moments in your past that were not so great, what can we put in place to make sure that we are reducing the likelihood that that will happen in the present? You can live in the moment right now and protect yourself from burnout so that when you look into the future, it looks bright. It looks like your definition of success and it looks like you are thriving tomorrow and next week and next month and year after year after year. The last thing is this. Keep in mind that when you burnout proof your private practice, it happens in phases. You can have fun with it and be creative. And I recommend that you create a someday list. I have a dear friend, Amalia, who I met with almost every week for almost three years, starting with the pandemic. And we would chat together on Zoom and we would talk about our business. We would talk about the highlights and the lowlights. And we supported each other from afar. One of the many things that we did was we created our someday list. So there were realities that we had to face of this is not what I thought it was going to be in the great direction and the not so great direction. And we created this someday list to remind ourselves that just because things are going in a different direction than what we anticipated before 2020 hit the scene doesn't mean that it won't be possible someday. So I'm encouraging you to know that if it seems impossible right now to burn out proof your practice, write down what your values are and explore that. Write down what your needs are and start exploring that. Write down the habits that you have, the ones that serve you and the ones that don't. Write down what you want 
and explore your past and figure out what are the things in your past that were going smoothly that you want to recreate and what are some elements of your past that you don't want to repeat that you can put things in place, not only for you now, but the future version of yourself. Running a business is a big responsibility. Your clients are counting on you to run your business so that it exists month after month, year after year. And your livelihood depends on the success of your business. That is a lot of pressure to have on your shoulders. With all of that in mind, resist the urge to lose yourself in the process. This is why I'm urging you to burnout proof your practice. You are at the helm of your business. So just know that you have control over if your business is serving you well or not serving you well. You are no longer an employee. You do not get the opportunity to say, well, my boss really doesn't respect me because guess what? You are your boss now. You are running everything. This is an opportunity for you to give yourself everything that you've imagined, not only a livable wage, but an ideal schedule, the days that you want to work and the days you don't want to work. Think about what you want and what you don't want, because all of those things are important. What do you need and what you don't need? And don't overdo it because the moment that we overdo it, we could potentially seep into that burnout zone. And then we'll be right back here talking about how to burnout proof your practice. You know, the statistic of how many businesses fail within the first year, three years, five years, 10 years. I know that you want to keep the private practice you're working so hard to build. Stop avoiding the parts of yourself that make you who you are and dig deep into what you need and you want and what your habits are and your values are. And look into your past so that your present is more enjoyable. You know yourself better than anyone. So don't waste another second in figuring out how you can burn out proof your practice. Your future self will thank you. That concludes another episode of Beyond the Session with Aisha Shabazz. If you've enjoyed this episode, please submit a review through your favorite podcast listening app and share it with a friend. This episode of Beyond the Session was brought to you by The Thriving Therapist Shop, a place where private practice therapists go to find time-saving strategies, solutions, and tools. Audio editing was completed by Alexandra V with music by MH The Verb and GR Stone. Thanks so much for listening.